Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Are you the type of person that's looking to build your liquor collection in your own home? Then go to Country Wine and Spirits Online Liquor Superstore. But check this out. They've also got a monthly vault membership. It's an exclusive offer. What does a monthly membership tips Country Wine and Spirits give you? Well, I'll tell you. You get free two to five business days ground shipping on all your orders over 50 bucks. Special offers, free mystery vault gifts in every shipment. And if you sign up right now, it's only $19.95 a month for the first three months. And if you sign up for this membership, you get 10% off site-wide on every purchase, including sale items. Plus, as a special with Hey Bartender podcast, you get the 10% off if you join the membership. But if you use Hey Bartender 5, you get 5% off your complete purchase. So you're getting 15% off your entire order if you sign up for the membership, plus use Hey Bartender 5 coupon at check out so go to cwspirits.com sign up for the membership get 10 percent off your entire order free shipping over 50 dollars. plus remember to use coupon code hey bartender five for an extra five percent off you can't beat that deal go to cwspirits.com hey guys this is stacy aka miss boom bartender and you're listening to the hey bartender podcast Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. You can call me Anthony. Uh, today we got a very cool show. I've got, uh, see what I told you? I say uh a lot. Um, I've got Miss Boom Bartender herself, Stacy. Stacy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be uh, join me on Hey Bartender Podcast. It's great to have you on here. I love to promote other service people or uh, share stories, and I'm glad you decided to take the time to share a couple of stories with us. Thank you. So, anyway, let's uh, before we get uh, really going, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Um, so, I'm from Baltimore, uh, Maryland. I live in Baltimore City. I've been in the industry for, I'm thinking now, 13 years. I actually started off as a correctional officer, and then um, I went to dental school. And while I was in dental school, I part-time at TGI Fridays, where I was bartending. And then I said, you know what? Um, I'm kind of bored with dental assisting, and I just want to bartend. And that's what I did. Then I got bored with bartending and decided to start my own mobile bartending business. And that's what I did. And then I said, I'm bored with that. I want to write a cocktail book. So I did that. I sold drinks. I sold edibles, honey, you name it. I did it. Um, now I'm mostly just training bartenders, um, mostly female black bartenders, how to get into the industry, how to start their own business, how to write their own ebook. I'm just, I'm just so tired of seeing men dominate TikTok and Instagram. I want to see more people that look like me doing what I do. And so that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. 
Well, you, it sounds like that you, when you want to do it, you just go ahead and do it. I mean, go from corrections. I don't think about it. I just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so or would you say you're more impulsive than anything else? <laughs> um, yes. Um, I'm a little bit more calmer than I was. Um, cause I, 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 at one time when I was a correctional officer, I just dropped everything and moved to Atlanta and I lived there for a year and then went back to Baltimore. So I'm not that like impulsive like that. But when I have an idea in my head, I just do it. I, I, like, I, I get bored very quickly also. So doing stuff repetitively, um, committing to things, I have issues with that. And so I just have an idea. I write it out. I'm a planner, and I just fucking do it. That's, uh, right now, I'm, I'm in the Grand Canyon um, bartending. I'm travel bartending now. I just decided to do the interview for the company. They picked me, and I flew out to Arizona, and I live here now. <laughs> So all of a sudden, this is probably inappropriate, but all of a sudden I'm picturing you being a correctional officer, having to take down one of your Mm -hmm. inmates, knocking their teeth out, and then deciding, I want to be able to fix that. (laughs) Right. You know, and I actually got spit on. An inmate spit in my face because he was taking a long shower. And um, I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I had to go to the hospital and get all of these fucking tests ran. And they still drafted me to work another fucking eight hours when I got back to work. And I was like, you know what? I am done. And then I decided to go to dental school. And <laughs> I did that. I worked at, honey, I worked for Smile Direct Club, Cool Smiles. I worked for Adventure Dental. And I got bored with it. These fucking brats sitting in these chairs. The current freak them out before they even get to the dentist. So they're already scared of me. And I'm like, whatever. You know what? I want something easy where I can bring home money every day. And I started at Fridays. And then I went to the Marriott. I worked at a retirement home. Honey, I just like bartending, and that's just all I want to do. For the, I can't see myself at another nine to five. Yeah, uh, after you've worked uh, the bartending life, it's tough to get in, into the nine to five uh, because, like, when I left bartending, uh, I got uh, what uh, some schmucks out there refer to as a regular job or a real job, and right. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, I was realizing I don't have money in my pockets all the time. It's, it was a tough transition. Hello? <laughs> and you know, my grandmother still calls me a barmaid. Like, it's fucking 1926 or something. Like, she thinks I make $3 an hour. Honey, I have bills. I wouldn't be bartending if I wasn't making any money. I love it. I don't know where people get this idea that we just, you know, work in some fucking uh, veterans bar or some, some honky tonk somewhere, and we're only making $3 an hour. We make good money. If you passionate if you stick to it if you work somewhere in a good area that actually tips well and you make good fucking drinks you can make money in this industry definitely definitely well before we get too far uh into this and now that we got to know you a little bit every episode i have my guests bring up a drink special what do you have for us today so one of my favorite drinks i like to make is called a belmont lemonade it's just regular crown uh lemonade Ocean spray, ocean spray, pomegranate juice, and peach nuts. Fucking delicious. I serve it over ice. I put a little umbrella in it because it's like a really pretty ruby color. Women love it. Men are like, oh, I don't want to drink it. It's girly. And they end up fucking loving it. So it's a Belmont lemonade. Uh, it's, I only make drinks that have less than five ingredients because I ain't got time to be doing a whole bunch of, you know, chefing it up. Try it. I <laughs> promise you'll like it. Definitely. And uh, if you guys out there uh, try it, uh, let me know what you thought of it. Uh, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, or we can let Stacy know. We'll give you her information towards the end of the show. 
All right, so, uh, geez, you uh, you gave me a ton of information to start off with, and uh, I mean, going from uh, correctional officer to dental assistant to uh, uh, bartending. Now, uh, now you started off in a corporate restaurant. That was that your first uh, swing into the service industry? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, um, CGI Fridays. Yep. Uh, uh, so, and I, I hated it. Well, um, I I have my own reservations about working corporate because uh, I tell people the story all the time. I used I've never worked in a corporate restaurant before, except when I was a dishwasher. But uh, the whole thing, well, I I went to apply for a job because I needed a job at the time, really bad. And my regulars mm-hmm. who worked at uh, at a corporate restaurant, I was about to say who it was. I I don't want to get sued, but. Um, but we've already said TGI Friday, so I'm not going to edit that out. But, um, but at another uh, corporate restaurant, they said, oh, come work with us. Come on. It'll be fun. And I went in there, and the first thing I see is a line of people walking towards a table to sing happy birthday to one of their customers. And when they were done singing happy uh-huh. birthday, they turned around and went, oh, cool, you're here. And I said, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> but, you know, they... Oh, <laughs> Because I didn't want to sing, go to table to table singing "Happy Birthday," but uh, what was your experience with uh, corporate life working in TGI Fridays? So I do not enjoy doing corporate bartending only because one, I don't like that you had to learn these new seasonal drinks all the time. You know, Fourth of July drink, and then it's the uh, Mother's Day drink, and they keep changing the drinks. I have to remember these drinks. I don't like that. Um, number two. Um, I, I, I don't mind pre-pouring. I don't mind using a jigger, but I don't like that they don't put enough alcohol in the drink. And then that kind of messes with not only the, the server's tips, but it messes with my tips. Um, I don't really like, I like working at bars where I know what my schedule is. And with corporate, it's like where the need is, is where you fit in. Mm. Um, and I think the last thing I don't like about corporate is there's too many bartenders behind the bar. I'm an only child. I do every, I'm very independent as you can probably tell. So I just don't like it to be super crowded. I don't like pooling tips. I do not take jobs where I pull tips and I don't take jobs where they put the tips on my check. So if you do that, I don't even apply or I just stop the interview. And a lot of these corporate bars do that and I don't like it. Now you said that uh, they didn't give enough liquor. They kept a really close, probably kept a really close eye on your pores. Um, Yeah. There's you, cameras. You got to use a specific jigger. I don't, I like using my own bartending equipment. You can't do that. Yeah. Did you ever get complaints of, of like I talked about on a TikTok uh, video I made, where this girl comes in, she asks for a strawberry daiquiri, and then comes up to the back to the bar and says, "Excuse me, but is there any alcohol in this?" And I explained to her, yeah, uh, it's shot of rum, strawberry daiquiri mix. Yeah, why, what's, well, I can't taste it because when I make them at home, I, I can at least taste the alcohol. And then I gently try to explain to her, when you make it at home, you use yeah. half the bottle. You don't, uh, when you come into a bar, yeah. this is her 21 run. Uh, you come into a bar, you only get one shot. Now, did you get that a lot? Right. I got that a lot and it increased after COVID because, you know, during COVID, everybody was a home bartender. Everybody was looking at TikTok and Pinterest and making their own drinks. And then when they come back to a regular bar, they're looking at you like there's not enough alcohol. No, ma'am, you were home just free pouring. Okay. (laughs) I don't do that. 
but that's not how the drink is made. We actually have ingredients, okay? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that was a pain in the butt. And if it wasn't enough alcohol, they wouldn't tip. Yeah. So I'm like, forget this. I'm not even, forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. And I stopped. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you ever have to deal with bubble pours? Yes. At Fridays, at the retirement home, we use bubble pours. Um, it's a pain in the butt. Because I mean, I, with those, I actually end up doing an extra shot because I don't know. Are they are they super accurate? I don't know. I feel like it's not enough liquor in the drink. Yeah. Um. When I when my I know, the bars me. I worked at switched over to bubble pours, uh, I had already bartended for a long time without them, and so all of a sudden, uh, I'm still counting to four in my head, and so I start pouring right. and I'm like one, two, click. What the hell? Right. Okay, exactly. You know? I. Uh, no, I, I I absolutely hate those. Um, I just feel like it's not it's not an accurate pour. But so I would just do an extra pour of it. I'll say what you want. I never got caught. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your attitude's awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, um, TGI Fridays back in the nineties, eighties, and nineties, probably because of the movie Cocktail, they used to encourage bartender flair. When you worked there, did they still do that? No, absolutely not. Um, that was not even ever even brought up. And honey, I don't know how to do. I'm not a flair bar- bartender. I would not. I would be throwing bo- uh, bottles and dropping shit all the time. I, the way I break uh, wine wine glasses is criminal. <laughs> they never required that. We had, you know, we still had to wear the stupid little uniform with the fucking apron or whatever. But flair bartending, no. I think the only thing I can probably do is pour the water straight up and down into your glass, and that's probably as far as it'll go. So I'm not a flair bartender. I'm never claimed to be. No. Uh, <laughs> flair bartending back when I was uh, when I was bartending, it was, you know, simple stuff. Maybe flip the bottle, maybe spin it around in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. But now there's competitions where, you know, you got all this – and I, the only thing, uh, I mean, these people are talented, very coordinated, but I look at these competitions mm-hmm. and see these guys do this stuff. And I think, do you really do that in a busy bar? I mean, do you ever get complaints like, dude, can I just get my. <laughs> right. Who has time for it? I mean, I'm, seriously, if, if you're making service tickets and then you still got a full bar that you have to work, who the fuck has time to do it? I don't Now, If I want to do something fancy um, I do have a bubble gun. I'll do the cloach that you, you know, smoke the, the things. Cause that shit only takes like 10 seconds. Mm. It gives a little ooh and ah. When I mobile bartend, I'll do dry ice. I'll do, um, you know, cotton candy martinis for kids and stuff. But as far as throwing bottles and stuff like that, I am not your girl. No. Uh, the pres- I like to make pretty drinks, you know. The presentation of the drink is more important than how you pour it. Uh, or And how it tastes. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, if, if I'm doing mobile bartending and I'm doing a wedding of 150 guests, they don't want to sit, they want to drink and go, you know, dance to YMCA. They ain't got time for me to be flipping bottles. So <laughs> thankfully that is not something that is required of me. Yeah. And if it was, I don't take the job. Like I said, no, now, <laughs> uh, now back me up on this, uh, uh, blend, mm-hmm. blended drinks in a corporate restaurant. Now, when I worked in the mom and pop, uh, brick and mortar places we only had one blender and that could totally throw off your groove you i mean you're working three wide five deep and uh somebody the first person asks you for a strawberry daiquiri or a pina colada 
And uh, mm-hmm. that frustrated me a lot of the times, but I still poured the, I still made the drink. It frustrated me because it takes a long time to make them, but I only had one blender, mm-hmm. but uh, you know what? Uh, but I never hand to uh, hand to God. I never used the excuse purposely. The blender's broken. Uh, you know, it's like, Oh, sorry. I can't make you that margarita. The blender's broken. How about just on the rocks? Uh, okay. So I have beef with the blender. Um, I, I, this is another thing. Honey, they probably say, well, where the fuck does she work at? I normally do not take jobs where we have to make frozen drinks. It is time consuming. Um, that's a lot of stuff. You have to, let's say one person orders a daiquiri, then the next person orders a pina colada. That means I have to clean the mixer. I have to make a new drink. It is so, it's a headache. It's loud. Okay. Mm. We never had it at the casinos when I worked at the casinos because it's too freaking loud. Um, I worked at the Marriott bartending. We, I would bring my own, um, my own personal bar, uh, my own personal blender for Cinco de Mayo and maybe Christmas to make like certain drinks. But I'm telling you, it was only one drink that I'm serving. I'm either making margaritas or I'm making pina coladas. I'm not making both because that means I had to go and clean out all the glasses. I had to clean out the mixer. Nobody, no good bartender really likes <laughs> Thank you so you much. Know, seriously. And, and, you, and like you said, you get the people that say, I can't taste the rum. Well, it's a strawberry drink. I'm using mix. I don't know what you want from me, ma'am. Mm. So just to avoid it, I don't like blended drinks. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for backing me up on that. Because <laughs> well, good. A hundred percent. I mean, uh, I I used to be. Uh, I used to help out another bartender on or like Friday and Saturday nights. We were there. We were working teams of two uh, behind the bar and uh, mm-hmm. uh, she would make blended drinks uh, with a smile on her face. She would hate you for it, but she'd still smile about it. But, uh, okay. but as soon as last call hit, she wouldn't smile anymore and she would not make you a blended drink. She's like too late. You're getting it on the rocks. <laughs> We're packing it up, period. I, and I'm and I'm with her. <laughs> Seriously. But so uh you did uh you did a little bit of time and that made you uh going from correctional officer to uh dental assistant and then all of a sudden working behind the bar, working in the restaurant scene, you realize you have some extra money in your pockets. Mm-hmm. That made you fall in love with the, not necessarily where you worked, but the industry. So I always tell new bartenders, um, don't go into this just for the tip because you will be disappointed. Um, it depends on where you're at. It depends on the time of day. It depends on the crowd that you're serving. The tip was, I went to bartending school first because I didn't know how to make drinks at all. Mm. Only thing I would ever get was like a Long Island. I didn't know glassware, bartending equipment. I didn't know, I didn't know whiskey from rum. I didn't know anything. I absolutely loved bartending school, and I suggest that if you want to become a bartender, go to bartending school. Once I started bartending and I was getting the tips, it was like, oh, shit. I, not only am I getting a paycheck, but I'm making almost just as much in a week of my paycheck and tips at night. And I just I fell in love with it. And now I know what kind of jobs to take. I know what kind of area I want to work in. Yeah, I just I absolutely love bartending. I really do. The tips is just the cherry on the, on the cake. Yeah, definitely. So you went to I'm I, a people person. Well, you obviously are. I mean, the uh, the way you and I have been talking for the last <laughs> few minutes. Yeah, uh, uh, you definitely have a great personality that uh, that would entertain an entire restaurant. But uh, 
but I went to uh, bartending school myself uh, thinking, uh, well, Mm -hmm. they told me when I went into bartending school, we're going to teach you about a hundred drinks, but you'll probably remember Mm -hmm. 10 of them when you're, when you leave here. Mm-hmm. But I thought job placement assistance that they had there was going to be the helpful part. But my only problem was mm-hmm. they, they found me an interview with a corporate restaurant. And uh, I so I went over there, filled out the application. We sat down. We had an interview. And the uh, guy interviewed me and said, well, I'm sorry, but we're looking for somebody with more experience. And I looked him dead in mm-hmm. the eye. And I said, then why the hell did you call the bartending academy? Uh, and, exactly. What'd you go? and, uh, cause you know, the people that come out of the bartending Academy, they're not going to have much experience of any, uh, no, but, uh, uh, was you, so you went to bartending Academy. was TGI Fridays, your first job out of there. Was it? Yes, it was. So while I was in dental school, I went to bartending school and then I went to TGI Friday, but no, it wasn't. I'm lying. So this is what happened. I took, I had done two classes, and I had applied to Horseshoe Casino in Baltimore City, and I went to the interview, and I told them. I only I still had three more classes to go. And they were like, okay, it's fine. And I got hired. So I worked at the casino first, and then I started working at Fridays, and I I was working at, I, I said, forget uh, dental. And I was doing a couple days at the casino and a couple nights at Fridays. And that's how I started. And then I ended up finishing bartending school and just completely just went off with it. Um, yeah, I only had two classes under my belt. I, I don't know if it's, you think it's easier for girls to get jobs straight out of bartending school? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was a little younger and I was a, a lot smaller. And they just hired me on the spot. And I, I had no experience. Well, um, my friend, uh, who I've been friends with for over 20 years now, she's a veteran bartender. She's been bartender since the eighties, uh, the late eighties. And she, mm. she always told me that it's easier for women to get a job behind the bar because, uh, that brings in the male customers and the male customers actually think that they have a chance with so. the female bartender and things like that. A lot of stuff but, that's yeah. considered insanely mm-hmm. sexist in this day and age, but, uh, and, right, but we take it. We take it. I take it. <laughs> but uh, uh, also, she she mentioned that uh, women keep their uh, keep their looks and or you know uh, longer than a, uh, can. She believed that women can stay sexy longer than a man can. So a lot of women get hired mm. behind the bar. But that's the way she believed. Please, that's you know, interesting. If you're a female listening to this podcast, please don't get mad at me for that. That's just what my friend said. <laughs> agree with her you know i'm 36 i'll be 37 in october and sometimes i think to myself you know what this is a young girl's game i don't want to stand for eight hours you know i'm i'm not i don't remember the cocktail sometimes as as quickly as i used to i don't know she might have a point i see a lot of older bartenders male bartenders the way i see women i don't know uh maybe it's just the area that you're in but uh uh yeah uh, at one point I was actually a little discouraged because I was, uh, I was looking for another bartending job and all the places that I told, uh, they were like, you've got tons of experience, but we're not looking for anybody right now. And so it was getting really discouraging for me to, uh, to look for a bartending position. Aww. But, uh, you know, that's just how work life goes. That's any job, but yeah, yeah, true. So, so now I have to ask just because this question is just 
burrowing a hole in the back of my head. You were a corrections officer. Okay. Somebody acts up in mm-hmm. your bar. Were you, uh, did you like pull some like Brazilian jiu-jitsu on him to get him to calm down or anything like that? I think from corrections, I definitely took um, being firm yet fair. So if I say I'm cutting you the fuck off, you cut the fuck off. And that's just period. But then I can go back to being very cheery and blah, blah, blah. I can also um, recognize a problem before it happens and try to de-escalate the situation. Um, I keep up with my active shooter training and all of that, you know. Um, corrections definitely taught me to be, unfortunately, a little hard. Um, but if I can recognize problems before they escalate. And I, I, I thank Maryland Division of Corrections for that. Yeah, I, I can see some handy <laughs> tools coming out of that. But then, you know, I see two yeah. guys about to square off and then all of a sudden your muddler, uh, a muddler comes out of nowhere and smacks somebody <laughs> square in the middle of the forehead. <laughs> Honey, I am 5'10", okay? Anybody messing with me anyway. Usually my mouth can get me out of a lot of situations. If I say you motherfuckers are doing too much, we, we cut off. Uh, uh, last call, they know what the deal is, period, especially my regulars. And I don't even have to get all huffy and puffy, honey. My, my height and the way I talk, let them know I'm not playing. Uh, <laughs> it's not one of those situations where everything's all good, fine, and dandy. Everybody's laughing at the bar, and then all of a sudden somebody decides to say yeah. the wrong thing, and then all your regulars kind of hide underneath the table. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. When I was working at the Marriott um, last year, we had a situation we had um, like a, a little league soccer team come and the parents got shit faced. And I mean, the bar was literally in front of the, it was in the lobby. So I'm like, you guys got to calm down, blah, blah, blah. Honey, they started just saying a lot of political shit. And I was like, oh, come close. And I called my manager and I'm like, I don't feel safe. They doing a lot of extra shit. The police got called, honey, I left. That was a wild night. It was, it was so weird. It was so bizarre. It was like we were cool. We were all chilling. And th- and this is why I don't put the news on when I bartend. You motherfuckers are listening to Journey or Doja Cat. We're not putting on the fucking news because I don't want to hear your opinions on shit. Mm-hmm. And that's how that situation ended up. And I learned a lesson from it. Yeah, I mean, things can go from zero to 100 very quickly when alcohol is involved. Yeah, any bartender, <laughs> in any bartender in this world will tell you two things you don't talk about behind the bars, religion and politics. And... Period. I don't want to hear it. And so, as long as you're tipping, I'm, with, I'm whatever affiliation you want me to be, baby. As long as you're tipping, I'm whatever religion you want me to be. I don't give a fuck. Okay? But, Seriously. All I know is green. That's all I see. So on the TVs, you'll never see CNN. You'll, that's why you always see ESPN, ESPN2. No. Right. Or, yes. or back in, in yes. the case back when I used to bartend, uh, MTV or VH1 used to be on the TVs just because I have no interest in sports whatsoever. But <laughs> and, and I think I'm a well-rounded bartender because I don't have to talk about those. I like, I love um, all type of music. I can talk about movies for days. I have an extensive knowledge of a lot of different shit. I like working in touristy spots because, especially in Baltimore, I think that we get a very bad rap. People come and they think it's nothing but violence. And then they meet me and they're like, oh, man, I'm so glad I came. I, you know, they get a better um, view of wherever I'm bartending. I can tell you where to go, where's the food. Um, I can, I can pay, I'm good at pairing food and drinks. Um, I think you have to be able to talk about other things except for just drinking. And then sometimes you got to be a psychiatrist and just let people vent to you. 
and I don't mind that either. Right. Trauma dump on me, baby. <laughs> um, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, when it came to like mu- movies and music, uh, I could talk for hours on that sort of thing. I, I used to warn people, yeah. you ask me any questions about the Beatles, be prepared for at least an hour lecture. Because I'll, yes. I, I love the Beatles, yes. or you know, I, I'll take I'll actually take the time to tell you the whole history of the song "Piano Man" by Billy Joel. But uh, wow, because <laughs> you know all, he's one of my heroes. But um, but oh, if wow. you want you want to know about the football game, basketball game? Find somebody else. I got nothing for you. Or you want to know how, how the presidential election's going? You got me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not going to talk about it, even if I did now. <laughs> you know, I might be messing up my tip, and that's all I'm really here for. So whatever. Yeah. I, I, I try. You know, I have uh, girls come to me, um, and they're thinking about bartending, and they say they suffer from anxiety, and they don't like public speaking. That should not stop you from being a bartender. When I was working at the casino, I worked um, in the back sometimes, and I just made drinks for the cocktail service. You don't have to necessarily be in front of an audience be in front of the bar. You can sell your own drinks. You can do only service tickets at restaurants. If you want to bartend, just do it. Now, uh, do it. actually, when I became a bartender, uh, knowing that I had anxiety, uh, a little bit of standing in front of people, talking to people, I actually believed, mm-hmm. you know, I should become a bartender that I can learn to talk, to you know, talk in front of people. And it actually worked out pretty good for mm-hmm. me because, you know, you know, holding three com- different conversations at the same time or not necessarily having a heavy debate, but talking about something with somebody uh, or a group of people. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it was good training in order to be able to talk to people. Even this podcast that I'm doing, yeah. this is me trying to be able to talk to people. You'd be able to uh, accept that people mm-hmm. are listening to me or get to know people, you know, when, Right. Normally, I'll walk through. Uh, I'll walk through any store, head down, looking at the floor, thinking to myself, "I need to get milk. I need to get milk." Okay, I got milk. Okay, I need Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. <laughs> and I, right. You know, in, but you know, just to be able I think, to talk I think to bartending. People. I think bartending does help you with your social skills. Um, I think you can break that wall if you want to. Uh, it makes you talk to people that you would normally not talk to. Um, when I was working at the Marriott, we had a lot of truckers coming in and I'm like, I'm not going to have anything in common with these guys. And I had everything in common with them. Mm. And you just never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to meet. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, it breaks you out of your shell. I was actually trained a little bit. This is, uh, you probably agree with this. A uh, friend of mine, she, uh, she knew, uh, knew that I have no interest in sports whatsoever, but the Super Bowl was coming up or football season, not mm-hmm. just the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I don't know anything about uh, football or anything, so uh, I don't know how I'm going to deal with those customers. And she says, that find them another customer that enjoys fo- uh, football. You know, if they like the same team, even better. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. even though this guy's yeah. a Seahawks fan and this guy's a Red Redskins fan, I think they're still called the Redskins. Uh, anyway, uh, this guy's a Redskins fan. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you can say, Hey, you two talk football and, you know, just wave your hand when you want another drink. (laughs) As a, as a female bartender, I have learned the art of the pivot. So some guy is trying to make me his personal fucking bartender and only give him my attention. 
I'm able to bring groups of people at the bar together and have them talking so I can finish working. Or if I don't relate to whatever he wants to talk, he or she wants to talk to, I'm able to bring like-minded people together and have them talking and then go in and say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, girl, mm-hmm, even though I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You learn those skills as a bartender. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to necessarily know everything about every subject, but your friend is right. Just have it. Have two people that are paying attention to the game talk to each other and just chime in every now and again. I'm going to take a second to tell you guys about Brothers Bond Bourbon. Brothers Bourbon is a collaboration between Ian Summerhalder and Paul Wesley, known for their roles as brothers in the hit TV series Vampire Diaries. This sunset gold bourbon has aromas of baked banana bread, ripe tree fruit, walnuts, orange honey, warm rye spice. The body is balanced, round, and velvety smooth with a palate of toasted cereal grain, honeysuckle, dried fruit, black tea, and spice, leading to a long finish of fresh-cut oak. At 40% ABV, they suggest that it's wonderful by itself. Try it in cocktails such as Bourbon Mule or Bourbon Sunset. Brothers Bond Bourbon is available at CWSpirits.com. All you have to do is go to CWSpirits.com, pick up your bottle, and remember to use promo code HeyBartender5 at checkout for 5% off your total order. Go to CWSpirits.com today. Hey, bartender. A guest that I had on early, early, early on in the show, um, like back when my bar, uh, my shows were like in the 50s or something like that, she said her go-to line mm-hmm. was, what, really? That's crazy. Over anything. That would get her out of any situation. <laughs> Loud, you know, you gotta remember orders. I don't know what this guy is saying. I'm just oh yeah, uh huh. You need a refill? Okay, can I get you another one, honey? Are you serious? Like, you don't know what the hell these people are. Half <laughs> the time, I don't even I don't even care to be honest. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they trauma dump. You know, I'm going home with this person shit on my back, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. No, so, I really don't. <laughs> Now that's something that's come up uh, in conversation a handful of times where bartenders and I would probably say cosmetologists get dumped on the most ah, well, when yeah, it comes to personal yeah, problems. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, do you have a specific way uh, that you deal with that? Because every once in a while, other people's problems will start weighing on your shoulders a little bit. Uh, you accidentally take it home with yeah. you or something like that. Do you have anything that you do mm-hmm. to pull yourself out of that hole that they were kind of bringing you into? Um, number one, I don't try to keep feeding them drinks, not making the situation any better. Um, I listen. Uh, I, I let them vent. I don't give my personal opinion. Because most of the time people don't want to know what you would do in that situation. They just want to talk about it. They just got fired. They just got dumped. They just want somebody to talk to. And they want to talk to you over a whiskey, and that's fine. Um, and then I try to, once again, pivot the conversation to something a little bit more lighter. Or, you know, if it's a girl and she just got dumped, I'm just like, fuck him, you know? Look at you. You're a fucking beast. What were you crying over this fucking jerk for? If it's a guy, I go, you know how many bitches is there? And it comes a dime a dozen. If you need me the wingman for you, I'm here. 
<laughs> I tried. I, I tried to bring people together at the bar. Um, as far as bringing it home, I will think about it. But I got my own shit, honey. So yeah. I don't even. You know, <laughs> like seriously, I am one of those people that are able to leave it at the door. I don't bring my own shit into the bar, and I don't take people's shit with me. But like I said, I do not see drinks. Just keep on letting them talk about it, and it festers. Try to pivot the conversation to something else as best as you can. That's that's what my suggestion to any new bartender would be. Yeah, it was one of the things that I learned pre being a bartender. Uh, it was on an episode of Star Trek. Yes, I'm a Trekkie. Uh, if, where the doctor, uh, this was, uh, without getting to, to, into too much Star Trek trivia, this was also before Captain Kirk and all that, but the doctor goes in to talk okay. to the captain and the, uh, captain's kind of, um, brooding over a problem that he had, in, uh, in the last mission. And all of a sudden he's like, what is that ice? And the doctor comes over, hands him a shot and says, I find that people will tell their bartenders things they won't tell their doctors. And, it, it it actually uh, it actually came uh, came to fruition when I became a bartender. I'm like, that's something you should tell a therapist. But if you're comfortable telling me, you know, yeah. if if that helps yeah. you get through tomorrow, uh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. And okay, I, give it to me. And I've also talked to a number of hairdressers and cosmetologists. They're like, oh god, yeah, they these girls they just sit in the chair. I'm trying to color their hair, put the foil on and all that stuff. And they're just talking, talking, talking. <laughs> I know it. I, I am that person. And I think, uh, yeah. So the my, my hairdresser is my bartender because who else am I going to, you know, think to except for maybe my therapist. And my cosmetologist knows things about me that family members don't. And I know things, you know, I, I know that somebody's cheating on their loved one, on their spouse, especially working in the hotel. You know, people will, call and say, is my husband there? And I'm like, listen, I can't get that kind of information. And they trust me with that. And I don't talk about it. I've never, you know, said names. If somebody comes looking for somebody else, honey, I'm not getting in the middle of it. My name is Bennett and I'm not in it. Okay. And that those actually become lifelong customers. I don't know if that's a good thing with people <laughs> drinking lifelong, but they end up becoming <laughs> regulars and they know they can trust me. They know they can tell me any nasty filthy fucking thing they want and I won't even look with any judgment honey I might tell you some nasty shit that mm. and that's just the kind of bartender I am yeah uh, back when I was a bartender I had a number of <laughs> women come up to me and tell me problems with their relationships and you know I'm thinking about leaving my husband don't tell anybody and I'm like yeah you can trust me I won't say oh, anything oh. and uh right. but the next day or like two three days later all of a sudden, everybody knows, and I'm like, I didn't say a word, and they were like, Oh no, I told people, and I'm like, Oh, oh okay. you were using me as a soundboard, <laughs> you know, you wanted to see how it sounded okay. saying it out loud. Okay, I I can okay. accept that. Uh, okay, I can. Okay, all right, <laughs> okay. But my favorite yeah. line when it comes, I mean... my favorite line when it came to people calling it or you know uh, being at the bar, and they say, If my wife calls, I'm not here, and I look at them and say, That'll cost you extra. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, you better be tipping me very good, honey. Mum's the word, but yeah, I'm not here just to, you know, stand here and be pretty, you know. <laughs> but they end up being regular customers. They end up being very good tippers because they just told you a whole bunch of shit and they feel guilty. I guess I'm like a confessional, and I'll take it. Whatever. It makes the time go past. That's for sure to hear some good tea. Drop it on me, baby. Uh, I got nothing going on at home. Yeah. Bar- <laughs> uh, do, do you really want your bartender to be. Uh, 
at your testimony when something happens to you because the bartender knows too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. You know, this person drove home drunk and, you know, he's told me all this fucking shit and, you know, but that's on them, you know. Or there's a, just, First of all, you didn't even ask permission to vent to me. You trauma dumped on me without permission, so there's that. But whatever. <laughs> and your hairstylist can accidentally leave some of your hair at the crime scene, so be nice to them. So... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Tip very well if you're going to be, you know, telling us all your business, that's for sure. <laughs> because if, you, if you're if you a bad tipper and you come back to my bar, I'm going to be like, you take him, because I, I don't want to hear his shit because he's not tipping. <laughs> Period. Okay, let's, uh, let's continue on. That was a lot of fun, though. <laughs> um... Uh, okay. let's continue on here. Uh, now what came first, your book or your, uh, your personal business? My personal business. Um, so I did the mobile bartending for a few years and then this year was the first year that I stopped actually doing the parties and I have two employees. The girls come from the house, get the equipment, go do the party, boom. And I just, like I said, I get bored very quickly. So I got bored with it and I was like, well, my customers are asking for the same recipes that I'm making. Maybe I should do an ebook. So I got a friend of mine, um, my mentor, Gary O'Neill, helped me to write my ebook. And I did it. And now I'm in the process of writing a mocktail book. And I have one. I teach mobile bartending how to get into it, what you need to do, licenses, certifications, blah, blah, blah. I'm turning that into a book because I'm tired of keep saying the same stuff over and over. I just want you to buy it and do whatever you want with it. Um, because at one time I was teaching the class once a month and then girls would say, Oh, I didn't have the money at the time. Can I sign up for the class? The class is over. I'm doing one-on-one sessions. And I'm saying the same stuff over and over and over. Mm. So the eBooks are just easier to do, to be honest. You know, if they probably allowed more swearing, I could, I could picture you up on the stage saying, thank you for coming to my Ted talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so working on my language because I do love public speaking. I don't have a problem with it, but I need to work on my language. Now, when I teach the class, I have no reason to cuss, except for the Q&A section when people like ask me questions and then I can just, it's no longer teacher mode. I'm just being real with you. I'm telling you, this is what you need. This is what you don't need. This is the kind of customer you need to avoid. Um, these are the laws that you need to abide by. This is kind of how you can kind of get away with certain things. And then I kind of be myself and I'm cussing a lot, but I'm trying it. I apologize to your audience if I'm cussing too much. I'm so sorry. I get that on TikTok a lot. You have a dirty mouth. So I'm just, you know, sorry. <laughs> I might not be the TikToker for you, but what bartender doesn't fucking cuss? Exactly. Come on. I have, Listen up. Life is short. That that used to be my one of my favorite things because uh, in order to psych myself up to go work behind the bar, I used to listen to stand-up comedy on my way to uh, to work all the time. You know, I'd be listening to all the greats like Bill Cosby, George Carlin, Robin Williams, and uh, that mm. was that was my way to you know maybe break the ice with a new customer or something like that. But George Carlin, uh, he always stuck, and it freaked my customers out because uh, I would say all seven dirty words you can't say on TV: shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits, and that. <laughs> That would freak my customers out. And I'm like, what? You said half of those words when you walked in for the, no, five minutes ago. And they're like, I didn't say them all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting it out. I'm preparing you for the way I fucking talk. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's good. But uh, actually, uh, in, a, in a lifetime previous to bartending, I went to uh, audio production school. And... 
yeah, when hmm. I when I took a class on copyright law and uh, audio or business in the uh, or it's like business when it came to like audio and video production and stuff like that. That was one of the te- uh, mm-hmm. questions on the final. What are the seven dirty words you can't say on television? And I was like, wow. this is the coolest teacher ever. <laughs> and, wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. You knew it off the bat, honey. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm a bartender and I cuss, but I'm trying. I, I really am working on it. Well, we do what we can. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just, uh, I actually, I lately, it doesn't bother me nearly as much when people uh, say fuck. Um, I mean, there are people that overuse it and where when they get stopped, stopped on their sentence and they just fill that blank void with fucking did this. And then, uh, yeah, fucking went over to those people still bother me, but not nearly as bad as the people that say fricking. And they think somehow right. that they, they're on the higher level because <laughs> they don't use the real F word. They say fricking that makes them a much better person. I'm like, no, you're exactly. you're still as idiotic. You're just using a different word. <laughs> right. Now, I'm here at the Grand Canyon bartending, so it's tourist. So I definitely work on my cuss. I do not cuss around the, the guests at all. Mm. You know, they're, they, yeah, no. <laughs> it's a different audience. You have to know your audience, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of the time, uh, uh, I don't even realize when I swear, and people... People have all of a sudden stopped when all of a sudden I'll say the seven dirty words you can't say on TV. I'll just spout them out. And then all of a sudden everybody freezes and I'm like, what? And they're like, I don't think I've ever heard you swear before. I'm like, really? I thought I do all the time. But... You don't look like you cuss. No, you don't look like you cuss. That's why I kind of feel bad when I cuss. You have such an innocent face. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I think I look like I say all the seven dirty words. <laughs> Uh, I get comfortable very quickly, unfortunately, with people, and I just end up being myself. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> what got you started in the mobile bartending business? What, uh, uh, how did you get? Or uh, let's not get into how you got into it, but what got you into uh, interested in it? Um, my very first gig, actually, the bartending school called me and said that um, an event planner needed a bartender, and it was all the way out Montgomery County, which is where, if you listen to Rat Wale comes from, that's uh, about an hour away from Baltimore City. So I took the track, and all I, I didn't even know what to bring. All I had was a corkscrew and my shaker. That's all I took. I didn't know what I was what I was walking into, and I absolutely loved it. The hosts were great. Um, they knew that I came from the bartending school, the event planner. I still work with her to this day. She calls me whenever she has an event. And it was just so nice to do an event at someone's home. And I just fell in love. And it's easy. And I got paid at the end of the night. I got $500 for my first gig at the end of the night. That's not even including the tips. So I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm not working for anybody else. I can make this in one night. Never look back. Mm. Never look back. Yeah. um, It's almost feels like easy money because uh, like you said, you just showed up with your corkscrew and your shaker and they had all the mixers. They had all the alcohol there. They for had you. everything. I didn't have a bar at the time. They had a six foot table and a tablecloth. They were, and they, and they, they were just ordering like, um, Bailey's, um, just simple stuff. Jack and Coke, Hennessy, Duce, uh, tequila drinks, you know, margaritas and things. I was like, I'm getting $500 for this. Are you serious? You know, she paid me for gas, for the mileage. 
Honey, she does events in D.C. I've been to Philly. I've mobile bartended a wedding in Miami. I did one in Delaware yesterday, um, yesterday uh, last year. Um, I just absolutely loved it. And I said, if I can make $500 a night, if I do a Saturday and a Friday and a Saturday gig, why would I go back to working in a nine to five? Why would I go back to working in a corporate bar? And I never did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so was it, was was it easier to be, uh, become your own event bartender when you, uh, uh, when you hooked up with the event planner, uh, you know, sh- so she could throw work. It was, right. So in the beginning for the first couple of months, it was all me just doing her um, event, but any mobile bartender will tell you that our dry time is after new year's Eve up until about March when spring weddings come. So I had to figure out a way to book gigs on my own. And that's when I started really advertising on Instagram and that's when I started um, TikTok. Um, I used to do events either free or half off just so I could get my name out there. I used to just, I tell girls, start with um, your family members and friends. I did one at my grandmother's rental office. They had a kid's Halloween party. People want to see you looking booked and busy, even if you aren't. So I'll recycle the same fucking pictures and videos on my Instagram and stuff just so people think I'm book, 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 book. But we do have slow period. Sure. Um, and that's just, uh, that's just what's bartending period. You know what I mean? So in the beginning, it was just event, her, me doing um, the event planners thing, but I wanted to do my own gig and I wanted to make my own prices. And that's when I really started um, advertising on Instagram and TikTok and um, booking my own stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've had a number of uh, event bartenders on this show. All of them uh, fun to talk to. Some of them, uh, strictly go well. I've talked to the ones that just do like NASCAR or motorcycle rallies, and they basically have to sign up for mm. that. Uh, I've talked to others that basically uh, circle Craigslist. You know, they're constantly on Craigslist. Event bartender available. Mm. Uh, is uh, do you use that to get your name name out there also, or do you rely on social media? So um, I also use Indeed. You'll find a lot of festival promoters looking for bartenders to do events. I have word. You know what? Word of mouth seriously is your number one way of marketing yourself. If you have a good reputation, people will say your names in rooms that you aren't even in. I got the gig to do the Baltimore Convention Center because somebody in the mayor's office told the lady at the convention center that I'm a mobile bartender. To this day, I don't know who this person was, but if you're listening, thank you so much. So it, it's times when I haven't booked anything and out of the blue, the convention center will call me and I'll do a gig. I've um, advertised on Wedding Wire. I've advertised, it's either The Wire or The Knot. One of them doesn't do bartenders, one of those. I've advertised on um, Thumbtack. Um, I've never done Craigslist. I have done some from Facebook, honey. I'm, I, oh, I've advertised on Groupon to get gigs. You name it, I've tried it. Seriously, there's, and word of mouth, like I said, if you do a good job at a wedding, I take my business cards because I'm old-fashioned, and somebody will say, hey, my brother is having a retirement party. Would you bark? Of course, call me. And that's how I book big. Now, uh, you, reputation, you uh, you brought that up a lot. Uh, what advice mm-hmm. do you give to people? Uh, to It's not just being an event bartender, but it's being a bartender in general. What advice would you give people mm-hmm. to develop a good reputation? 
never serve anything that you wouldn't drink personally because the worst thing you want to do is be the bartender that makes nasty fucking drinks. We're here to make drinks at the end of the night. So if you don't know how to make decent drinks, you're probably going to have a bad reputation. If you're, if you're advertising yourself on Facebook, Instagram, any type of social media, do not argue with people. Everybody has different tastes, and you have to accept that. Um, let people leave negative comments. It is what it is. At least people are commenting, and that keeps you on the algorithm. Um, after you do an event, I would suggest that you send out um, some type of sheet for people to do a review. And don't just post the positive ones. Even if you get a negative one, Follow up with that person and find out how you could have did it better. And people, I guarantee, will change the review. Mm. Or they'll at least be able to give you another chance and maybe they'll book you again. But your reputation, your name is all you had. I Hopefully people, when they see me on Instagram and TikTok, I, to, to my knowledge, I haven't had anybody say, she's a fucking, she's a terrible bartender. Uh, she doesn't know how to make classic drinks or she doesn't just do original drinks. I haven't had that yet. Yeah. Not for what that I never do. So just, you know, just treat your customers the way you would want to be treated. The golden rule. Yeah. I'm pretty happy that when I was a bartender, it was pre Yelp uh, because I, I made mistakes with customers. (laughs) I made uh, bad decisions and that would have gotten me a bad reputation. Like uh, truth being told, somebody asked for a Tom Collins and I put in whiskey and Tom Collins mix because that's what my brain said. Tom's Collins was. And they, right. they got upset. They were ready. Uh, they were ready for, you know, uh, string him up. You know, he doesn't know a Tom Collins. But like I said, my friend, Are you serious? Uh, my friend who was a bartender since the 80s, she was like, he's been bartending for only about two years. And mm. phrases like Tom Collins is very archaic now. <laughs> and so. Yeah, seriously. And so she's like, give him the benefit of the doubt. And they, she, she was an ace at calming people down and people, uh, people loved her. And she stuck up for me, uh, qu- quite a bit and got customers to like me by saying he's joking. You know? Right. Yeah. But you know, a little help I, with I your friends. Bartenders, don't be afraid to tell people you knew. If you don't know something or somebody said something that you never heard of, don't be afraid to ask, how do you make it? You're human. I mean, are we really expected to know our almanac or fucking recipes? Come on. Well, I I, I, I do use, um, I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, it's okay. Um, uh, like I tell everybody, there's a thousand drinks made a thousand different ways, made named a thousand different things. So it's mm-hmm. impossible. I mean, they sit back and think, give me a, uh, what was it? Uh, 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 some restaurant named uh, their Long Island after themselves. They called it a wanker's Long Island. Okay, all it was was a Long Island with tequila in it. and But some uh, customers didn't understand. I don't work at Wankers. I've never been to Wankers. Right. So I don't know what's on their menu. Right. So you'll have to tell me. Right. But I found that a lot of people found comfort in it. Like, uh, what was it? The Singapore Sling. How often does that get ordered anymore? Okay. And a customer asked for that. Oh, right. <laughs> a customer asked for that, and he actually took comfort in me saying, how do you make that? Because he knew it was going to be made right after I told him exactly, uh, right. after he told me exactly how he wanted it made. So yeah, there's no problem right. with asking, how do you make that? And... Right. I, I, I tell new bartenders, there's really nothing new under the sun in bartending. It's just a twist on shit that's already been made. So don't get overwhelmed. 
And I try to teach um, like little songs to remember. So like uh, Long Island Ice City, very good reason to try Coke. Vodka, gin, uh, tequila, uh, lemon sour, uh, and Coke. And that's the way I remember drinks. Mm. And I have a thousand of those. But I mean, I make mistakes. Come on. And then sometimes they be so drunk. They tell me to make your Bahama Mama. I'm going to put rum. I'm going to put everything tropical I got at the bar. And then you'll drink it. And you'll like it. Okay? <laughs> it's like a... <laughs> Don't question me. I'm the expert, not you. It's like a guest I had on the show <laughs> a long time ago. It was his first night bartending. Uh, he was pulled out of the kitchen uh, dishwashing. They just said, get behind the bar. We need a bartender. He's like, okay. And somebody said, give me a, uh, give me a margarita. And he didn't know what a margarita was. So what he did was grabbed a, uh, grabbed a, gave a, made a shot of tequila, grabbed a Corona and handed it to the guy. (laughs) And and I asked him, did the guy drink it? And he goes, yeah, he drank it. I make a really good margarita now, but that's what I thought it was back then. (laughs) I'm not surprised at all. Like, they don't know what's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Sex on the beach. Who still orders that? Well, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, tell me about, tell me about your ebook. So, um, it is called, um, can I have something fruity? Um, the home cocktail book for beginning and home bartenders. I wrote the book for mostly women because that's all they ask for something fruity. And so that's, my repertoire of drinks is usually just a bunch of fruity drinks. I love experimenting with different um, juices and different purees. Um, like I said, I'm not the type of bartender that uses egg yolks and shavings and chalk shit that's going to get me all sticky. I try to keep my recipes very simple, and all the recipes in my book are very simple. They're all under five um, ingredients. Even the recipes that I have in the book that are gallon um, for like um, signature cocktails, gallon sized drinks. They're all under five ingredients. They're very simple to make, very delicious. Um, I am going into the world of the world of mocktails now. I don't think mocktails are just a trend. There are actual people that, and, I, and mocktail is such a negative um, connotation to it. People think it's not a real drink, but I I pride myself on whatever I can make. Everything in my cocktail book that is made with alcohol, I can make without alcohol, and it tastes exactly. The same. Mm. I pride myself on that. Um, I think people think, oh, this person used to be alcoholic. They are going through, you know, sober life now. No. Sometimes people just want something that is equivalent to an alcoholic drink that's not just a fucking punch or just has ginger beer in it. And so that's what I've been experimenting with, and that's what I'm trying to kind of push on my regular customers, and that's what the next book will be about. So where is your book available? Um, you can find, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, in my bio, um, my link tree, um, it is on Stripe. It's on Stripe. And it's only $8, so please buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you can just go straight to my bio, and there's a link for it. And um, it goes straight that You can download it straight to your phone. I used to sell hard copies, but I was just, like, toting around all those books. And I was like, never mind. But it actually did pretty well. I was, I was happy if only five people bought it at but it's, it's been out for over a year now, and it's still selling, and I'm very, very appreciative of everybody that enjoys the cocktail. Well, that's great. Uh, I, uh, that's great. I really appreciate uh, uh, you, you being on the show, and you, uh, you're, <laughs> you, you have an outstanding personality, and you had some great stories. Uh, and 
I'm, I think a lot and of people can take a lot away from uh, all the stuff that you said, just because you're, it seems like you're used to teaching and mentoring a little bit. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, but we're nearing last call right now. So, uh, if, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, why don't you give people a little heads up on where they can find you on social media or online or whatever. Yes, please follow me on Instagram and TikTok. My name is at Ms. Boom Bartender. That's M-Z-B-O-O-M, Bartender, B-A-R-T-E-N-D-E-R. Um, I'm always posting. If you want to reach out to me and ask me any questions, I'm always open to answer any of my DMs. Please buy a copy of the book, and I have my new book coming. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was great having you. And that is it for Hey Bartender Podcast. It is last call, people. Last call for alcohol. Come up to the bar or I will lose interest in your life. So, uh, big thanks to Stacy at Miss Boom Bartender herself. She's available on TikTok and Instagram. Go check her stuff out. And go check out her book, too. I'm uh, sure I haven't checked it out yet myself, but I'm going to. I'm sure it's got a lot of great recipes inside it. Big thanks, as always, to Laura Hope and the Arctones for letting me use their song, Dr. Bartender, for the Hey Bartender podcast theme. Go check out their stuff. They're available on all streaming services. they got a lot of great songs you're going to love. Follow Hey Bartender podcast on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All of them are at Hey Bartender podcast. i got a TikTok page that's going really well right now. I'm at over 18,000 followers and you know uh, for all of you that listen to this podcast and follow me on tiktok thank you so much for letting uh, letting it blow up the last couple weeks I, this has been exciting don't forget to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com you can go pick up your own hey bartender podcast t-shirt or your own hey bartender podcast challenge coin one side says you're buying the other says i'm buying go check it out and finally, visit cwspirits.com and go check out their selection of spirits. All, uh, all of them are amazing. And there's probably a bunch of stuff on there that you've never tried before that you really should try. So go to cwspirits.com. Don't forget to use promo code HEYBARTENDER5 when you check out and get 5% off your entire order. Any orders over $125 also get free shipping. So can't beat that. Follow Hey Bartender Podcast, new episodes every Saturday. But until the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, I, as usual, wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And say it with me, people. Don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last call?